Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. We've been looking at the scope of a mind shift and my subtopic was sorry. Yes, my subtopic is a mind shift. Um and we looked at the types of mindsets that we have, you know, with us. One is a futile mindset, secondly is a warped mindset and thirdly is a fixed mindset and all these are negative mindsets that we have to come out of for us to move to the next level now today i want to talk about the the thing that will help you to experience principles that will help you to experience a mind shift as an individual how do you experience a mind shift because we have talked about negative mindsets we've talked about a wipe a warped mindset a fixed mindset and a futile mindset so how do we um how do we move out of these negative mindsets and so i'm going to give you four very powerful principles that will enable you to experience a mind shift can i hear an amen let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, speak to us this morning as we delve deep in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Please add some monitor for me a little bit. I will appreciate. Just a bit, not too much. Sometimes when I ask you to do a bit, you give me good measure. <laughs> so a mind shift requires number one a renewed mind a mind shift requires a renewed mind you know one time there was a video of a clergy that went viral in our country and he was trying to give the story of how David used a stone to kill Goliath but I think he didn't have his facts right. So he said that King Solomon had a stone, one stone, which he used to hit Goliath. Yeah. Do you remember that video? I mean, it went viral. And this was, you know, a senior clergy in one of the major denominations in this world or in this country for that matter. And it, it simply revealed something that his mind was stuck on a fact that wasn't a true representation of scriptures. Because the way he spoke, you know, I listened to that clip so many times. The way he spoke, he was very confident of what he was saying. And even when people were laughing, he didn't know that they were laughing because he didn't get his facts right. He thought that whatever he was saying was very interesting, that it made people really excited. His mind was stuck on a fact that wasn't a true representation of the scriptures. Have you ever been in a situation where your mind is thinking one thing and your mouth is saying a totally different thing? Please talk to me this morning. Have you been, been able to, have you been in such a situation where you are thinking you are saying this, 
but whatever you're saying is exactly, is exactly different from what your mind is thinking. You see, your mind can get stuck on a mindset that is counterproductive. Your mind can be hooked up on a mindset that works against you. Your experiences, your wounds, your trauma, your pain, your failure, your betrayal, your opinion can form a mindset that is counterproductive. For example, how you are treated can be so deeply entrenched in your mind that anybody who comes around you and he's trying to be nice, you will treat them as a suspect. There is a movie we're watching, I think it's a series we were watching on uh, Netflix, my wife and I, of this girl who grew up in a home where the mother was absent. But every time the mother showed up, the first thing the mother told this girl was, I love you so much. You are my world. You are my everything. And she, you know, she heaped a lot of praise on her daughter, telling her how much she loved her. Then in the morning when the daughter wakes up, the mother is not there. And she could go for weeks. But the moment she comes back, she tells the daughter, I really love you. Now, when this girl grew up and met a man, and the man was in love with her, and the man just mentioned the word love. When the man just told her, I really love you. You know, initially the man looked like, like he was just a good friend. You know, it was just a general friendship. And she loved being around that man. You know, they were talking, they were doing dinners, they were doing lunches. You know, he was visiting her at the place of work. The day he opened his mouth and said, I really love you. She told the man from today, never come here again. This is over. Because she remembered the last time she heard those words, they didn't make sense to her. The mother told her, I love you. And she kept on disappearing. So she thought that this man, because he has also said that he loves her, is not going to be committed and is not going to be there for her. So experiences can form a mindset. Wounds can form a mindset. Trauma can, 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 can form a mindset that can be counterproductive in your life you know, as well. Now, these experiences become a mindset or a lens through which you base your beliefs and ultimately become Achilles' heel in your life. They become your vulnerable or your weak point in life because it has, the mindset has become so entrenched in you that it becomes, you know, an entry point in your life to weaken you or to cause you to stagnate in life. You can't move. You can't grow. You can't progress. You can't develop because of the mindset that has really been entrenched in your life. Have you ever spoken to somebody and you can tell their mind is warped? When they open their mouth, you can tell this person is hurting. This person is broken. This person has gone through something. Or someone can just explode on you. And, and you can tell that this person is nursing a fresh wound. And when you go deeper or you dig deeper and speak to this person, you realize that the person went through something that has somehow altered their mind. They, they think in a certain way. They see life 
through certain lenses. They see life through certain spectacles. The way they relate with people, the way they handle issues, the way they conduct themselves, it is an inkling of a mindset that was developed in their lives that was caused with an experience that they went through in the past. That's why we need to renew our minds. That's why each and every one of us, we must renew our minds. Because unless your mind is renewed, you will continue to walk or to behave or to conduct yourself or to handle life based on the experiences that you went through in the past that formed a negative mindset inside of you. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, the Bible says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Your transformation is initiated by the renewal of your mind. Your transformation, you know, is kicked off by the renewing of your mind. And the Bible says, how do you renew your mind? By not conforming to these worlds. That word conform simply means to be similar or identical. In other words, when you conform, you are similar to the object uh, that you're conforming to. You are similar to the person you're conforming to. You are similar to the... Um, to the ideal that you're conforming to. So the Bible says, do not conform. When you conform, it simply means you look like that object. You look like that thing. You speak like that thing. You know, you, you think like that thing. You behave like that thing. And the Bible says that we should not conform to the world. So we should not think like the world. We should not speak like the world. We should not behave like the world. We should not filter or decipher issues through the lens of the world. We should be different. So your transformation begins when you renew your mind. So not to conform also means not to take the shape, the form, the pattern, or the standards and the customs of the world. You have to be different when it comes to your thinking. You have to discard counterproductive worldly beliefs, customs, and traditions that formed your mindset. And you must align your mind to the truth of God's word. And step by step, you must develop a renewed mindset. Step by step, you must develop new lenses. Your view must become different. Your understanding must become different. Your speech must become different. How you handle issues must become different. Everything has to change. Your mind has to be renewed by the word of God. And I get an amen in this house. Until you get to a place where now you interpret life through the lens of God's word and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit rather than the lens of your past experiences. So the word of God is what you should allow to go into your mind and change your mind. Because for you not to conform to the world, it simply means that you must conform to God's word. That's why we preach that's why we tell you to attend CMGs. That's why we, we tell you to come for prayer services. Because what we are working on is not just your spirit, but we are also working on your mind. We are trying to change how you think. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Tell your neighbor, the word of God is trying to change the way you think. Yeah. 
your mind is being renewed. That's why you see that when you came to church, you have learned a lot of things. Many things that you didn't know. In fact, some things that you thought was true when you exposed your mind to the word of God, you know, it became lies. And you decided to discard those lies. That's how powerful the word of God is. The word of God educates our mind. It renews our mind so that our thinking may be different. Praise the Lord. Number two, a mind shift requires an about turn. A mind shift requires an about turn. Anyone who isn't willing to change his mind is excessively rigid. Anyone that is not willing to change his mind is not ready to change his life. You know, especially when you realize that the path you have embarked on is not yielding results, the path you have embarked on is detrimental to your health, to your spiritual vibrancy, to longevity in your marriage, to effectiveness in your ministry or progress in life, and you refuse to change, I'm telling you, you're going to destroy your life. And about and simply means that you're willing to even do 180 degrees. If need be, you're willing to do 360 degrees turn and change the course of your life. You are going this way, but you realize that the path I am on is destroying my values, is destroying my life, is threatening my marriage, is threatening my calling, is even destroying my health, my peace of mind. And you say, I cannot continue on this path. I am changing my direction. That's what we call an about turn. So you don't persist on that path when you see that it is counterproductive. You don't persist in the same practice when you realize that it is working against you. You don't persist on that path that you know very well is sabotaging your ministry and your calling. You don't persist on a path that is detrimental even to your health. And about and simply means I'm changing my mind. And because I've changed my mind, I'm changing the direction of my life. So tell your neighbor, don't be rigid. Mm, some can cannot even turn their heads. That's how rigid you are. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, don't be rigid. There are people, they know what they are doing is wrong, but they still keep on doing it. There are people, they know the path they have taken is not a good path, but they still insist on it. There are people who know that the decisions they are making are sabotaging their progress in life, but they still insist on those decisions. Look, I have even preached here very many times against loans, and some of you are still taking loans. Ask your neighbor, why are you rigid? How many have heard me here preach against loans? Lift up your hand. Please, I'm preaching against loans. Don't take loans. But because of your rigidity, your hardness of head, you still go ahead and take loans. Look, you will remember me. I am telling you, you will remember me. 
ran away from loans. <laughs> you see, it's only one person who is saying amen. Because people are rigid. They don't want to receive what I'm preaching this morning. Hmm? I'm saying, run away from loans. And you see, loans begin as a joke. Yeah, you just begin by having loans at the kiosk. <laughs> then you graduate to Shylocks. Then you go to the bank. And now you are jumping from one loan to another. You take loan here to offset the loan from this end because this one has more pressure. Please, I beseech you by the mercies of God, run away from loans. Zero is richer than negative. Because I can tell you for free, debts, debts, I have concluded debts is, debt is a spirit. It's a terrible spirit. It, it will follow you. Even when you are buried, debt will still follow you. That's why you can see that there are people who are in debt that even they have no place to be buried. Even the ground does not want to receive you. You remember this prophet who died in the Bible and the creditors came for the church. They didn't even have mercy that the man is dead. They wanted the children to sell their children. So don't be rigid. Receive counsel. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I say receive counsel in Jesus' name. Run away from loans. Change your mind. Yeah, loans will never make you rich. Loans will make you a slave. Oh, Jesus. Then. First Samuel chapter 14 gives us the story of a man called Saul. And, for, and, and Saul made a rash oath. It was a foolish oath that he made. He put a curse on his soldiers who had gone to the battlefield to fight the enemy. And he told them, nobody will eat today. And the soldiers were becoming weak and weak and weak as the day progressed. And they were afraid of eating because Saul had cursed anyone that will put food in their mouth. It was a foolish oath. And his son, who is called Jonathan, he didn't hear what the father had said. He was not there when he was giving that oath. So when he came back, he found the soldiers were demoralized. They were so weak. And so he decided, you know, to give them something to eat. He told them, you guys, you need to test honey. Put it in your mouth. And when they tested honey, the Bible says their eyes were brightened. They received new strength. You see, the oath was a foolish one. Because how do you make soldiers who are going to fast 
who are going to uh, to fight rather to fast because if you are going to fight you need physical energy isn't it true do, do you remember when we are fasting how your body is weak when you are going to a story building you go for the lift you don't go for stairs because your body doesn't have a lot of energy isn't it true you don't even want to fight with anyone when you are fasting because you know very well you're going to lose the battle because your body is weak. So can you imagine you're going to fight an enemy and an oath has been issued that nobody should eat? I mean, it's not easy for you to win that battle. So Jonathan comes and he intervenes because he was oblivious of the oath that the father had already put in place. And he commissioned all these soldiers to start eating. And when they started eating, because they were so hungry, they became so greedy that they didn't just eat meat. They drank the blood of the animals, which was an abomination before God. Because God had already instituted in Levitical laws that nobody should drink blood. You see, the reason why God put it that way is because most of the diseases are in the blood. You understand what I'm saying? All of you who love drinking blood, there are people here who love drinking blood. They cook blood and drink it. Most of the diseases are in the blood. So the more you drink blood, the more you increase chances of being infected by diseases. Anyway, they did something that was an abominable in God's sight simply because Saul made an oath and he refused to change his mind. He could see that the soldiers were weak and they were not able to fight, but he simply refused to change his mind and he plunged the entire nation to abomination. Ladies and gentlemen, it takes humility to change your mind. And it takes a lot of pride not to change your mind. There are people because of their pride, they don't want to change their mind. And they can see that whatever they are doing is self-defeating. The path they have chosen is self-defeating. The decisions they are making is self-defeating. But because of their pride, they have refused to change their mind. As I'm preaching against loans, you're saying, that is you. For me, I know loans are helping me. But look, it's just for a time. It's just for a time. Please, I repeat, run away from loans. I'm talking to that person who has refused to change their minds. Because I can sense there are people here who are resisting my message. Tell your neighbor, pastor is saying, change your mind, change your mind, change your mind, change your mind. Saul refused to change his mind. And look at the kind of mess he brought in the land. These guys ate animals and drank blood, which was an abomination in the sight of God. Let me give you a story of another guy. In Luke chapter 15, talks about the prodigal son. The prodigal son was different. He had told his father, give me my inheritance. I am mature. I have grown. I want my own house. I want to go and live by myself. I am tired of living here under your rules and your regulations, being told what time to wake up and be told what time I should be back in the house. Me, I don't want to be coming back to the house at six o'clock like chickens. I want when I come back 
I, when I want to come back, that's when I come back to the house. So I am mature. I want to go and manage myself. Give me my inheritance. And of course, he left. And the Bible says he traveled to a far country. And when he go to that far country, he wasted his substance. He wasted his inheritance. Do you know why he wasted his inheritance? It's because he didn't have character to handle what his father had given unto him. Money reveals who you are. It's not the other way around. Yeah. Some of you, you are humble because you don't have a lot of money. The day you'll get money, we will see your pride. We will see your arrogance. Tell your neighbor it's true. Yeah. You don't have money. That's why you are humble because you are asking God to bless you. And you have suppressed your pride. Poverty has suppressed your, your pride. Poverty has suppressed your arrogance. The day you get money, we will see your true colors. Eh? Money will always reveal who you are. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Some of you cannot sin right now because some sins are very expensive. There are sins you cannot commit because it takes a lot of money to com commit such sins. Yeah, like flying to Mombasa with a woman and then you come back in the evening. You cannot do it right now because you are broke. But if you get money and that thing is in you, you will be telling your wife you're going to work, but you head to JKIA and fly a woman to Mombasa, spend the whole day with her, and then come back. If I were God, I would not allow you to touch money. You're very quiet this morning. I'm sure it is not the weather. It's my message. Ask your neighbor, can you handle a lot of money? You, can you handle a lot of money? Can you? Look at this boy. He didn't have character. When he was given money by the father, he traveled. The first thing he did is, first of all, to travel far away from the father. What is wrong with you living in the same city with your father? There's nothing wrong. He decided to go far away so that whatever he may do, it may not reach his father. Wasted his money, wasted his substance in riotous living with women until one day he woke up and he had nothing. He didn't have character. He didn't have values. And you can see that the father was not ready to let him go. He only allowed him to go because he insisted he wanted to go. Be careful when your father has reservations. I say be careful when your father has reservations. Be also careful when your pastor has reservations. When he says, but I think, hmm, why don't you pray about it? Be very careful with such statements because he's seeing what you're not seeing. Why, why don't you slow down? Why don't you wait? Why don't you? I know you love this woman, but hmm, why don't you just, you know, I know you want to marry her next week, but just... Why, why don't you date for another six months? And you go like, six months? I can't wait. Be careful. When the father has reservations, praise the Lord. You're very quiet. I feel like I'm not preaching in the right church. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm talking about? Yeah. When a father figure in your life has reservations, think, 
think twice. Amen. Because sometimes we, 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 we celebrate with you, but our hearts are scared. Pastor, I want to introduce you to someone. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Yeah. Then you bring the person. We just say, she, 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 wow. Ooh, but our hearts are scared. Because we sense danger. Yeah. So that's why sometimes you should always tell a father figure in your life, give me your honest opinion. Yeah, don't say, bless us. <laughs> give me your honest opinion. What do you think? What do you feel? What do you feel? What do you think? Me, if you give me that leeway, I will tell you what I feel. But if you say, bless us, I'll bless <laughs> But if you tell me, what do you think? I'll say, aha, the opportunity I was looking for has come. Are we together? Anyway, you look so scared this morning. Will I finish my message? <laughs> anyway, after wasting all that he had, hmm, he decided, I can't live like this. He decided to change his mind. That's why I love this prodigal son. He swallowed his pride and changed his mind. Luke chapter 15, verse 17 to 19, the Bible says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father! I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He said, look, I have changed my mind. The Bible says he came to himself. I'm changing my mind. I'm going back to my father, and I know that I am covered in shame, but I will tell my father not to receive me as a son, but to receive me as a servant. The thing I want is to be back home. Whether as a son or a servant, it doesn't matter. The bottom line is, I need to be back home. He changed his mind. That's why I told you, it takes humility for you to change your mind. For many of us, it's pride that is making you recognize, pride that is making you never to recognize that what you are doing is wrong. The path that you are on is wrong. It is pride. But if you can be humble, let me tell you, you will change your mind. Hallelujah. If you can be humble, you will realize that this relationship is wrong. The foundation is wrong. The start is wrong. How we started is wrong. Where we are going, it is wrong. We are not going to end anywhere. And you break it. For me, a broken relationship is better than a broken marriage. But you, you say, because you are so proud, you say, we will continue. We will continue. We will use super glue. We will use cellotape. We will use... <laughs> eh? Eh, what, what is that? Like what? Reactive. Ductive. What is ductive? Oh, ductive. Yeah. We will use ribbit. You know ribbit. Hey. Contact. 
to make it work. But a day will reach, you will say, enough is enough. And you will say, I wish I listened. It takes your belly. Look at this boy. The father is rich. The father is so blessed. Now he's feeding pigs. And not only feeding pigs, he's eating whatever the pigs are eating. Have you been around where pigs are? Can you imagine eating what the pigs are eating? Pigs eat everything, including feces. Can you imagine you are born with a silver spoon in your mouth? And now this is how low you have sunk and you have refused to change because of pride. You have refused to change your mind because of pride. And you are crying every day. You are broken. You are ashamed. You are not progressing. You are not moving forward simply because you have refused to change your mind. Look, a mind shift will never take place in your life if you are not ready to change your mind. You must be willing to change your mind. After this service, send an SMS to that man and tell him it is over. Oi, 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 oi. Lord, help me preach this morning. And Lord, the weather is not helping either. But just help me preach anyway. Send a message to that lady and tell her, look, you are somebody's wife. It is over. We cannot continue. We cannot go on. Send a message to your friend and tell that friend, we cannot continue with fornication. It is over. I can't come to church and then I come to your bed. We cannot continue like this. I know you're very good in bed. You make me scream. You have a million and one styles. The way you fold me. The church is very quiet. You don't want me to preach this morning. But you have to tell that man, you have to tell that woman, look, it is over. We can't continue like this. You can't be folding me and then you go and fold your wife. Ah, you don't want me to preach, but I'm preaching. You can't be making me scream. And then you also go and make the mother of your children to scream. It cannot continue. It has to stop. Ask your neighbor, are you sending an SMS after the service? You have to change your mind. Can I hear an amen? The Bible says the prodigal son came to a place where he said, no, I can't live like this. I can't be eating with pigs and the servants, not even my brother, the servants in my father's house are eating better than me, living better than me. I can't continue like this. He swallowed his pride and he decided to go back to his father. You must, at some point, make an about time and say, we cannot continue like this. Hallelujah. My grandfather can't be poor. My father, poor. And then I also become poor. It cannot happen in the name of Jesus. I am making an about time. I can't think like them. I must change my thinking so that I can deliver my lineage from poverty. Can I hear an amen in this house? Do we have some prodigal sons in this house who are about to change their minds? 
Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm about to change my mind. Make an about turn. I want you to examine your life. The things you don't like, decide from today, I'm going to change these things. Look, you know very well that it is your poor eating habit yeah. that keep you going to the doctor every now and then. And the doctor is telling you, cut off this. Cut off this from your diet. Cut off this from... But you are so stubborn. The doctor is speaking and in your heart you're saying that is your opinion. And you continue eating what you're eating and it is destroying your life. It is, it is destroying your health. Now you have high blood pressure. You have ulcers. Now you have diabetes. And then you say it's the devil. It's not the devil. It's your foolishness and your stupidity. And your unbridled appetite. Look at the way you eat. Just look at the way you eat. And the things you've been told to eliminate, you have refused to eliminate them. Look at the amount of ugali you eat at 11 p.m. before you go to sleep. It's for three villagers. And now you have pressure. You have health challenges. Your blood sugar is something else. Diabetes is there. You're having gout because you eat beef every day. And the doctor has told you if you continue like this, we'll bury you. Then you say sour. <laughs> but in your heart from there, the first stop is the kibandas on the, at, at the roadside. Then you pray, say, oh God, the devil is against my health. The devil wants to kill me before my time. I bind him in the name of Jesus. I shall not die but live and declare the mighty works of God. You spirit of death, I have seen you. I have seen you. I've seen you. I've seen, I've seen the way you are coming. You are coming through my doctor. I have seen you. I bind you in the name of Jesus. Look. Tell your neighbor, those are wasted prayers. The Bible says God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of sound mind. Where are your brains? Do you know, even there are people, because of your body type, I've forgotten that body type, because of your body type, you should run away from it. There are people, because of your body type, you should never even try to sniff drugs. That's why there are people, when they just sniff it, that's it. They become addicts. Because of the body type. So you should also study your body type to know what it likes and what it doesn't like. What can work against it and what cannot work against it. If you know something can work against it, then run away from it. 
you see some people, they can put a crate of alcohol and just take one bottle after the other, one bottle after the other, one bottle after the other, one bottle. Then from there, they walk straight. Then you say, even me. Hey. By the time you're done with two bottles, you start asking people, am I at home? We have different types of body types and you need to know your body type. Sound mind. You understand what I'm talking about? That's why you see people are different. There are people, upper body is white, lower body, no matter what they do, the lower part will always be small. And there are people, the upper part is small. The lower part is, yes. And they have not even done anything. It's effortlessly. Everything is round, down here, just round. So understand yourself. Understand your body. Understand how much heat you can handle. There are people when you, ne you move next to a flame, you start melting. Next to a flame. There are people when you see a flame, you start melting. You are not even next to it. You see it. You start melting. If you hug a sister that gives you problems, avoid it. You're right. I think I should go home. My, my, my preaching is not... Huh? Don't just see everybody's hugging every sister. You also join. Hey. You're very generous. You're almost lifting the sister from the ground. Look, you might go home and never sleep. This side is very quiet. I don't know. Know the temperatures you can handle. Are we together, somebody? Even ladies, the ladies say, if you hug them, that is a message. The way you hug them and you grab them and you bring them close and you stay there a little bit and tell her, ooh, shall be well. <laughs> she will go home all night. She can't sleep. She has even lost her appetite. Her motivation to come to church changes. She uses the bus, but the bus leaves her because she's waiting for that brother to hug her and tell her again, it is well. I rather use a boda after I get a hug than use the bus without a hug. <laughs> Touch your neighbor for me, tell them, know what you can handle. Sound mild. And if you realize you can't handle some degrees, make a bow turn. Make 
about and if you know you can't visit your fiance alone and you survive go with another brother just go with another brother go with another sister or just carry a crowd carry a crowd please take me we are going to do outreach <laughs> Am I preaching what is making sense here? Make an about turn. Completely. Turn completely. Because of who you are as a person. Amen. Number three. Wow. A mind shift requires... Number three, the breaking of mind strongholds. You must break mind strongholds. A stronghold is a place where a particular cause or belief is strongly defended or upheld. Some of the retrogressive mindsets we have are things or traditions or practices that have been handed over to us, which have been there for many years. And so we held on to all these beliefs, traditions, you know, until they become a stronghold in our minds. For example, your traditions from your tribe, they're handed over to you because they have been in the family for a while. They're handed over to you. You grow up in them until they become a stronghold in your head or in your mind. Cultural practices concerning the dead. Somebody is dead, but some things must be done. People must move in rivers. <laughs> you also move in rivers. Oh. The people who are digging the grave must be who and who and who. Something has to be slaughtered. Hmm? And people must drink on the grave or eat on the grave. The naming of children. You know very well that the person you're supposed to name your children after was a sorcerer. Here. And the tradition in the family insists. Everybody says, you must give birth to me. <laughs> and you know very well, this guy was a wizard. And you're looking at your baby. And you are going to name your baby. Then you say, you know, it is our traditions. So every time you call your child, what are you calling? <laughs> or the person who's a witch, or the person who's a drunkard, or the person who's a humanizer. You name your son after that person. He had five wives. Daddy? It's daddy. My daddy, come. There's something you are investing in that child. Terrible traditions. Or circumcision. It must be done on a particular month. And they have to go home and meet the elders. And they have to slaughter 
an animal and then put the part of the animal around the neck of your son. Then your son has to be taken to the bush to go and stay in the bush for several weeks so that he can learn bravery. Then after that, he can meet elders and the elders can talk to your son and begin to tell your son, now, you are a man. Your pencil has been sharpened. Every door that is open is yours. Go and write. Write as much as you can. Write until the ink is dry. You, you are not there. They're telling your son things. Putting things in your son. But the time your son comes out of that place, he's a very different person. Then you say, you know, according to our culture, and you are a believer, you are a Christian. You know, according to our culture, they, they have to do this because if they don't do this, something bad will happen to them. And then you come here and lift your hands and say, you are Alpha and Omega. You are lying. Tell your neighbor, stop lying to yourself. Those are mind strongholds that you need to break because you are a Christian. You are a child of God. You are born again. Oh, you know, the women in our traditions, they must be circumcised. So, oh, we have to circumcise our daughters. I'm asking you, what are you cutting? And you find a born again couple. They take their daughter to go through all that craziness. Then you come back. Father, I thank you because our children went through a successful circumcision at home. You're lying to yourself. It's a stronghold that you have to break. Amen. Or they tell you, we can see that you're having problems in your marriage. There is, there is, there is, there is a solution. Come home. Come home. Your husband is giving you problems. Come home. There's a concussion we'll give you. Yeah. If you mix with food, that man, 6 p.m., he'll be in the house. <laughs> uh, my friends. Then you go home. Then you come back. You are lying to yourself. Love portion. You can see that even the witch doctors, they know what you want. Have you ever read those, those advertisements on electricity posts? Love portion. Recovering lost items. You know, those are things that are very passionate to us. 
What else? Huh? I didn't want to say that because I, I thought some of you will judge me strongly, but oh, so you know. <laughs> Every man will tell you they want to be strong in the power. <laughs> Even at 70, Pastor Dennis, praise the Lord. Oh, yes, you are a bull, my friend. Yeah, you can, you can dig a hundred acres. And you are not tired. You have just started. <laughs> Did somebody say, oh, yes, oh, my Lord. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> and you can see that they know what you want. Yes. And the ladies want it too. Oh, yes. Yes, the ladies want it. They don't want a weak man. If you're going to work, please work. Yeah. Not that when I'm thinking you're working, oh, you're asking for water. No, 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 no. What do you mean you're asking for water or porridge? <laughs> anyway, let me get out of these canal things. Charms, enchantments for luck, annual visits to questionable spirits or spiritual leaders, seers, tokens. You wear things. You wear things around your waist. You have a necklace or a bracelet and you never remove it. Whether you are showering or you are doing massage, you never remove it because you are told this is your protection. You have it. It's around your waist. You are alpha. Please, you are lying to yourself. Our only protection is in Jesus. Am I preaching to the right crowd here? I say our only protection is Jesus. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You don't need a you don't need a charm, you don't need enchantment, you don't need a bracelet around your waist or around your hand. You need Jesus. I say you need Jesus. You need the protection of the blood of Jesus. When Jesus covers you, no weapon formed against you shall ever prosper. Can I hear louder? Yes, in this house. Slap somebody and tell them, you need Jesus. You know, I know someone who visited his in-law, but at 4 p.m. he had to leave, and the function was not over. I asked him, why are you leaving? He said, you know, according to our... <laughs> Me when I me when I used to go and visit my mother-in-law, we could sit on the same table, eat. Then she had a room for me. I go there and sleep. Yeah. Me, I don't have those cultures. Then wake up in the morning, meet her, say good morning. Is there breakfast? 
Right. We eat, I talk, I carry my family, and we go home. There are people you, you cannot even sleep. The same, the same place. It's because you are so wicked in your mind. The wickedness in your mind. You cannot stay in the same. What are you thinking? And the Bible says there is nothing new under the sun. Whether you sleep in that compound or not, the moment you take her daughter, the mother knows what you are going to do to her. Please, today you don't want me to preach. Ask your neighbor, you think she doesn't know what you're going to do to her daughter. In fact, when she realizes that you don't do what she thought you should be doing, she'll be very mad with you. Ask your neighbor, are you breathing, please? So we can continue with the message. Traditions! Terrible traditions. Retrogressive traditions. No wonder some people are not progressive. You wake up in the morning, you're going to work, you see a black cat crossing the road, you suspend the journey. You were going to sign a deal that was going to bring you a hundred million Kenyan shillings. You saw a black cat cross the road. You go back to the house and you lose a hundred million shillings. What if you see the black cat every day? Will you not go to work? And you never change your mind. Look, even human beings, there are others who are light others who are light skinned, others who are chocolate, others who are dark. It's the same in the animal kingdom. We have white cats, brown cats. We also have black cats. <laughs> It has nothing to do with color. It has everything to do with your traditions. A certain bird coming to sing and to praise the Lord next to your house. It is singing the whole night, is giving praise to Jesus. Oh, the people in that house are now mourning. Like somebody is coming to die. Who told you those kind of things? Look at your neighbor and tell them, stop your nonsense. That hey. don't stand next to a pregnant woman. Reason? That the child will look like you. What kind of nonsense is this? No wonder you can see some families are not progressing. They can't move forward. They cannot grow. They can never prosper. They can never be wealthy. Their children can never be educated. They can never progress at all because of some of these retrogressive traditions and cultural practices which have become, you know, like, is like a religion in the family. Bible says in Mark chapter 7, verse 13, making the word of God of no effect through your traditions. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The TPT translation puts it like this, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy 
that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. We have to cast down every argument, every high thing. We have to break every stronghold. Some of you, as I'm preaching, you can see some of the strongholds you have been believing in. Kamote. Neshikie. Nukushikie. Please, if you want somebody, just go and talk. Yes, if they reject you, move to somebody else. Or go back. Maybe you did not submit your nomination papers properly. Form 34A was missing. Go and look for it and come back with it. Yes. He said it's very quiet. Are these people in the service? Cast down. Tell me about cast down. Every argument. You see, even as I'm preaching right now, you can be arguing with my message. Yeah, you can be arguing it and say, but these things, we have done them for many. I don't think I can leave them. You are arguing in your head with me. Yeah, that if, you're, if, if, if your mother dies, you must shave your children. You shave everything. You shave the armpit. You shave the hair. You shave. No wonder you're not progressing. Very retrogressive cultural practices. The last born can never marry until the first born marries. What kind of nonsense is that? What if the firstborn has decided that he is going to be a eunuch? So all of us should wait for him. Oh, you cannot do it. You know, he has not brought uh, uh, dowry. He has to bring dowry first. No, no, no. We have even remembered the father. The father did not give dowry. So we are going to look for money so that the father can take dowry to your mother. And then after that, the firstborn can take dowry. And then after that, then we think about you. Please. Give me a break. I'm not the source of their problems. Now we are punishing our last bones. Because of our mistakes. Because you say it is our tradition. Yeah, I thank God I'm the firstborn. But even if I was the lastborn, I could not have waited for the firstborn to get married. The devil is a lie. I wait for you. Me. Me. I wait for you. You are lying to yourself. Tell your neighbor, break them. Tell them one more time, break them. Tell them one more time, break them. Unveiling the cross. It was veiled. You see the way it is quiet. You, you can sense the silence in the room. Unveiling the cross. Hmm? Putting a blanket on the grave. Somebody had a vision that eh, a grandfather is feeling cold. You go and buy a new blanket, which you never bought for him when he was alive. Oh, he's hungry. You never sent him pesa when he was alive. 
Look, buy the blanket and sleep in it. Buy the food and eat it. I feel resistance. But I know I'm breaking mind strongholds in this service in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your head and say every stronghold. Demonic, diabolic, cultural strongholds established in my head. I break them right now in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and break those strongholds for a minute in the name of Jesus. Every cultural stronghold in your mind, in your head, the way you see, the way you perceive things, break it right now. The things you have practiced, the things you have been involved in, break them right now in the name of Jesus. From your tribe, from your clan, from, 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 from the elders of your tribe, break them right now in the name of Jesus. And may you be free in Jesus' name. We saw a big amen. I want to remind you that you are a Christian. I want to remind you that you are born again Christian. I want to remind you that you are a child of God. You have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He who is in Christ is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Subscribe to biblical culture. Lastly, my time is up. Number four. A mind shift requires the exposure of the mind. It requires the exposure of the mind. All of us have primitive proclivities. All of us, we have primeval tendencies. In other words, all of us have some degree of backwardness. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, you too. All of us. If you don't expose your mind, one day you find yourself in a room and you're going to embarrass yourself before the dignitaries in that room. One day you find yourself on a platform surrounded with very important big people and you will embarrass yourself. You must expose your mind. You know, one time I saw a video of a woman. I think they were in a restaurant and they brought these, I don't know if you know these compressed towels. You know the compressed towels? They're very tiny. They, they look like white sweets. So when they put them, you know, they bring them on a, on a, like a plate. So when they put there, she took one and threw in the mouth. <laughs> then as she was chewing it, it was expanding. <laughs> you can imagine how embarrassed she was when she realized that that was supposed to clean her hands. Exposing your mind is very, very important. That's what I've been challenging you. Try and even travel. Please, when I talk about travel, you know some of you think when I talk about travel, it's traveling to your shags. That's not what I'm talking about. Try and travel to other cultures, other countries, other places. You can even travel to a seven-star, five-star hotel and see things. Expose your mind, this mind, expose it. 
because you are very primitive. When Mshamba, I'm telling you, expose your mind. Why do people build nice, beautiful houses? Very nice. Living room, very nice. Rooms, very nice. But the toilet is pathetic. There's no water in the toilet. The toilet is dirty. House is nice. Toilet is dirty. And they can even build a toilet in the house. But they will not allow you to use the toilet in the house. When you want to use the toilet, they send you to a very ugly room they have built behind the house. It's a pit latrine. Please give me stairs so that when I talk, I move closer. Because the way people are looking at me is like they don't understand what I'm preaching. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. Why must you have a pit latrine after you have built a nice store? A nice house. Why must you have a pit latrine? Do you know their thinking is? So that when we don't have water. Why should we not have water? Hey. He's quiet. He's very quiet. But I'm saying the truth. It's a terrible mindset. If you can't eat food in your toilet, it is very dirty. I think I should repeat it again. If you can't drink a glass of juice of water in your toilet, it is a very dirty toilet. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Can you eat? Can you sit on the toilet seat and have a meal? And that's why you see it's a very bad mindset so that even when you go to a clean hotel, if you leave it, you leave it dirty. Yeah, they have put signs, please leave the toilet clean after use for people like you. Because they know you are coming. It's a terrible mindset. A very bad mindset that you go, you find the place is clean, you leave it that. If you flash and your business has not gone, don't leave. Be patient. Yeah, because some of you, it is the stone, it's a stone that comes out of you. It's a stone. It's been there for days. So even the water is challenged. It's trying to bring this thing down. Even the force of gravity is challenged. <laughs> oh, you don't want me to preach this morning. So even when you flash, you look at it, you see it is just dancing. Like, Go down in the name of Jesus. It's because you're not used to cleanliness and you walk out of that room leaving it dirty with audacity. Look at the spring in your step. And you have left a mess behind you. It's because of your mindset. You're not thinking about the next person who is coming to use that toilet.
It's a terrible mindset that ladies can go to the church, church's toilet and steal the tissue. You think I don't know? I'm told. We put rolls of toilet there. Ladies go with handbags. Until I said, maybe we should ban ladies from going to the toilet with handbags. You, you see, you are so primitive. You are so primitive. You, 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 you are behaving, for lack of a better, you are behaving like a ginger thrippers or something. <laughs> you, 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 there's like something wrong in your head, the software in your mind. You are not thinking that there's another sister who is going to come after you and they will need a tissue. You carry all of it. And come back to the service. You are far away. <laughs> the presence of the Lord is here. Tell your neighbor you're lying to yourself. Mindset. Expose your mind. Learn how to set the table. Where you put the fork, the spoon, the knife. Buy some table mats. Please, we're exposing our minds. Huh? Organize your house. Please. Choose, choose the color you want. And stick with it. <laughs> Rainbow is not a color. <laughs> Exposure is important. I pray for you to travel. Travel. Take your wife one day. Just take her to one of these fine restaurants. Even if you don't have money, go and just drink dawa. You can afford dawa. Then tell her, look around, what can we do to improve our living room? <laughs> Alright? Take her to a nice restaurant, even if it's for a night. Sleep there. Maybe you are anniversary. Take her to a nice restaurant. Sleep there one night. Not lodging. You've been taking your wife to a lodging for many years. No wonder things are not changing in your house. Upgrade in the name of Jesus. Look at the bedroom. Look at the room. Say, so what can we change in our house? Am I preaching to somebody here? I say, am I preaching to somebody here? Expose your mind. Read. Read. Both loads of shame. I asked some of you, have you finished? I am. You know, I'm, I'm planning to start. 
a book that was launched in December last year, I think. Was it last year, December? You are still planning to read. Expose your mind. Read. Learn. Grow. That's how you shift mentally. Praise the Lord. You know, yesterday, Pastor Mary and I, we visited another elderly lady. And she said something that was very powerful. She had been married for many years. And she told Pastor Mary, by now, I, I mean, it was very powerful. I, I, I thought about it later and I said, hey, she said something very powerful. She said, by now, you should have learned your husband. By now, you should have learned your husband. That's what she told Pastor Mary. By now, you should have learned your You should have studied him to know him. His mood, when to talk about what, at what time, and how to do it. You know, by now. You see, when you are early in marriage, you you you, you don't study each other that much. Yeah. You, you can even begin talking about a problem, you know, when somebody is in the supermarket. Eh, Uko? Are you alone? But she said, by now, you should have known. That means you have studied him and you have known him. When do I tell him what and how do I say it? And in which manner do I say it? Because she was telling us she had learned her husband. She had stayed with her husband for many years until she knew which day to talk and which day when he comes to just give him supper and tell him, Daddy, let's go and sleep. That's very powerful. If you don't educate your mind, it will also be very difficult for you to stay in marriage. Because the Bible says that the husband should live with their wives according to knowledge, not, a, not in the spirit. According to knowledge. So that means even as a man, you should study your wife and you should study this complex creature called woman. Because it's a very complex creature with many complexities connected to her different cycles, different faces in life. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. The way she has been wired, her mind, her emotions, everything. You know, every, you see, for a woman, when you look at a woman, you just see one piece. But let me tell you, if you go beyond what you see, you will see a very thorough, like, road network with many bypasses, overpasses, underpasses, tunnels. So many are like this. But men are like Nairobi Expressway. Not as detailed as women. By now, you should have known him. By now, ladies and gentlemen, you should have known some things. Am I talking to somebody here? By now, because you've exposed your mind, you should have known some things. And I pray for you that God will grant you opportunities to know many more things that will refine your mind. Hallelujah.
Do you know some of the disloyal elements that I've seen in this church is because their minds are not refined. Like somebody accusing the pastor that the pastor takes all the money to his house. It's because your mind, you're so primitive in your head. Because you don't understand that for a church like this, it has workers. If the pastor takes all the money, the workers will not continue working in this church. All of them will resign and go and look for a place where they can be paid. But because you're so primitive and backward, you are a zinjothropist. Something is wrong in your head. Mind. Expose your mind. I'm talking to somebody in this house. Expose your mind. When God gives you children, expose your mind to parenthood and raise those children effectively. When God gives you a business, expose your mind to administration so that you run your business effectively. Because we blame the devil a lot. But in many things that we fail in, the devil is not even there. Problem is our mind. Praise the Lord. If you are a single parent here, you must expose your mind to becoming both a mother and a father. You must try become a father and a mother to your child. Sometimes you speak to your child as a mother. Sometimes you speak to your child as a, as a father. Expose your mind. Ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you. Stand to your feet. I want to read this scripture quickly and then we pray. Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. Philippians, I want us to read all of us quickly. Verse 8. Finally, let's go. Three, go. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is any praiseworthy, meditate on this thing. That's my parting shot for you. Meditate. Let them revolve around your mind. Stretch your hands as we pray. Thank you, Father. Maybe for 20 seconds, why don't you respond to this word this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Father, we renew our minds this morning. We shatter strongholds in our minds this morning. In the name of Jesus, we discard every custom, every tradition, self-defeating cultural practices that keep us in bondage, that keep us in poverty, retrogression, 
that keep us weak, that we cannot apprehend your purpose and your vision for our lives. This morning we pray that let us experience a mind shift in the name of Jesus. Our minds will be exposed to good things, lovely things, wonderful things, amazing things that will propel us to the next level. Father, let every mind here be renewed. We cast down every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every argument may it fall flat on the ground in the name of Jesus. And may your children embrace your word. May your children embrace your word. May your word renew their minds this morning. May they think straight. I give you praise. And I give you glory. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we clap our hands for Jesus? Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.